Welcome back to Marlo's Conversations with Friends, topics around well-being. Today, I am quite ecstatic and filled with joy, actually, uh, to be talking uh, with a friend who actually brings me joy, but someone I truly adore deeply. And her name is Carol Colton. She is joining me today to talk about joy. And I'll talk about Carol in just a moment. Uh, here on Conversations with Friends, I started this to have casual conversations, casual banter with my friends who are both new friends and very longtime friends about well-being topics and for me and what I do in my business of Cultivate You, well-being for me is in three areas, that of ourself, our mind-body-spirit connection, that of well-being with our community and how we connect, how we support our community, how we integrate and intertwine ourselves with the community, and our well-being with the environment and what we are doing to take care of our beautiful Mother Earth. And so I chose the topic of joy and Carol because Carol, for me, is, is joy. Carol embodies it. Carol lives and breathes it. And Carol brings joy to me and brings it out in me. Uh, Carol and I have had some fabulous conversations over the last month and a half, some really super long conversations, which I have loved and look forward to so much. Carol and I have known each other for, I don't know, a long time through our careers and path in the salon and spa industry. And I will tell the story of how Carol and I met because every time I tell it, I light up. I was at a, a global, what was called the global distribution update. So all of the leaders uh, of our regions across the globe came in and got updates and whatnot. And I was hanging out in the hotel lobby with my boss at the time waiting for our, the rest of our team to show up. And all of a sudden, this woman walks up to us and my, says hello and introduces herself. And my boss says, oh, well, Carol, this is, uh, this is Marlo. Uh, and Marlo, this is Carol. And great. Hi, how are you? Lovely to meet you. And Carol took a step away for a second. And then she whipped back around and she pulled up a seat and sat down in front. And she's like, wait a minute are you the Marlo? And I had never been addressed that way. And to this day, it brings me joy because I'm like, wow, I feel really uh, special, even though I didn't quite know why. And we just hit it off. Uh, in fact, I remember, I think it was either during that trip or certainly the next one that we sat next to each other and had filthy, dirty martinis, which even brought me more joy because <laughs> I thought it was great. Nobody else liked them. And so I am honored uh, to have my friend Carol 
with us on this chat around joy today because she and I are on really similar paths right now. Um, and so without further ado, I bring to you Carol Colton. Yay! Oh my goodness, my friend. That is such a generous introduction. Thank you. And I will tell you that that little story of you and I meeting for the first time also brings joy to me. And that is true. You, Marlo Boyle, are a legend in Canada. And I remember attending that conference, uh, of which you and I attended many. And on that first instance where you and I laid eyes on each other, it was like meeting a bit of a rock star. And I could not wait to get to know you and had the opportunity to do so over those few days. And I remember it as clearly as you, my friend. Thank you for speaking with me today. Yeah, I'm excited. I um, have been thinking about this conversation for a while because I know maybe those that are listening, I think maybe only three people listen to this recording. And aren't they the luckiest three? <laughs> and I know that it's more like 300. You're so <laughs> modest. Just kidding. Uh, I, I don't know if people think, well, why, why would we, why would I choose joy as a topic for well-being? And I thought actually it was quite an appropriate topic given what we all globally have been through for the last six months, which still in my mind is quite baffling. I still have a hard time really wrapping my head around what's going on. I, I fully get it. I fully adapted, gone with the flow, done everything I need to. It just still is rather mind-blowing. And so I thought, I can imagine how many people during these last six months have had a difficult time finding joy or feeling joy. And <clears throat> I know that for you and I, because of not only who we are, but I, I feel because of the work we've done on ourselves personally, um, mind, body, spirit. I feel that joy for us uh, presents itself a little bit easier maybe than for others, would you say? I think that's really fair to say. I too have been giving a lot of thought about this topic and for the same reasons in part. I mean, there's so much uncertainty around us and uh, a lack of joy in my world personally mm -hmm. causes me a little anxiety. And this Virgo likes to avoid as much anxiety as possible. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it really is about making the time to find joy and appreciate joy, whether that's through expressions of gratitude or something else. Mm -hmm. And that it has been, I think, a saving grace. And you and I, my friend, are so grateful and have so much to be thankful for that I would agree that you and I are fortunate in that we can access that feeling, that wave of sentiment more easily than others, at least more easily than some of my other friends and colleagues. Mm -hmm. And I had been really thinking, thinking about it a lot in particular in this last week because we are both Virgos. I celebrated my birthday last Tuesday. Yours is coming up this week, day after tomorrow. <laughs> Happy birthday, Virgo. And, you know, for me, my birthday 
rains higher than Christmas. As and not, not really far, but because I do really love Christmas. I celebrate my birthday for a month. I think you know that. And I, I highlight this day because without your birthday, you wouldn't be in, I wouldn't be in people's lives. I wouldn't be here uh, making the difference that I hope, and I, at least I know, I think I've been making, but, and I think that of everybody else's birthday, and that's why I celebrate them. And some people get a little bent out of shape because I do, but for the reason of, well, you know what, if you hadn't been born, I wouldn't be able to experience the joy of having you in my life. So this last week, I have been celebrating my birthday and thinking about what joy feels like. What do I experience when I feel joy? And so before I answer that, I'd love, I'd love, I want to know what yours is. Like I have two questions to it. You know, what does what does it feel like for you? What do you feel in your physical mind, body, spirit, self? And what does joy as a form of well-being really mean to you, Carol? You know, it's interesting. I search out and seek joy, not only for myself, but try to inspire it in other people. Because it is, I think, such a powerful sentiment and I mean, we know chemically, like just physically, the, that, that feeling of joy, that feeling of gratitude releases really significant chemicals in our physical bodies mm-hmm. that inspire health and wellness and calm and uh, excitement even. I mean, I think it's, I forget what the uh, acronym is, but I think it's, is it not dopamine and like oxytocin and serotonin mm-hmm. and endorphins? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all that good yeah. stuff that uh, sort of makes the world go round in the happiest possible way. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it manifests as a calm, like a, a sense of calm, almost a warmth or a, um, a peacefulness mm-hmm. that inspires more of it. And that in part is one of the reasons I seek it out and ensure that I do those things and am with those people, yourself included, that make me feel that way. I mean, it is, it is such a gift. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, physically, well-being wise, I believe it's, it's essential. I mm-hmm. think, you know, to feel joy. And, you know, you and I have spoken about this before. And in my mind, I, I associate joy and gratitude very closely. And I find one through the other often. Mm-hmm. and it really it I, I mean it sounds it, it makes me stronger it makes me calmer it makes me feel more confident it makes me feel blessed and fortunate and flat out lucky mm-hmm. and I, I feel that that inspires me to do more things that bring wellness mm-hmm. and it's a very important connection yeah, I fully I agree with that and and all that you expressed. I feel, you know, just thinking about what does joy feel like for me and my physical self. I feel uh I feel 
like a, I feel a lightness. I feel actually a warmth. It's a very distinct, warm, and even not warm, like it's not warmth, like heating my body up. I can just feel, it's almost as if my heart energy is expanding, like it's lighting up the cells in my chest. Right. I feel it. And it comes at when I least, ex not necessarily when I least expect it, uh, but sometimes it absolutely does. And I think that, of course, in celebrating my birthday, I experienced many moments of joy. That also, but I also had some lows during the week because there was just weird stuff going on. But those surges of joy almost uh, lighten my step and lighten my physical self almost. Um, and when I feel joy, it, uh, sometimes it just kind of stops me. And when I think about what it means to me, it, it definitely has a much different, it has a much stronger feeling to me than I think in the last three years, three, four years, than it has probably my entire life. Uh, simply because I don't think that I really was able to access or understand, I couldn't access joy for who knows how long. Well, for certainly a, a great chunk of my adult life, a great chunk of it, because of the stress that I was under, because of the battle that I went to war every moment, it felt like, uh, in my job and, and sometimes in my personal life. And so I, I had too much sitting in front of me, too many barriers to really experience it. Um, and so when it comes to me now, it's such an important emotion to me because it, to me, it's kind of, I don't know, I guess for me, it's kind of the, over, it's like an overarching emotion. Like you have love at the top and then I feel like joy for me personally hangs out right below it. And I feel very content when I feel joy. I feel very, uh, the thought that always crosses my mind is like, wow, I feel really blessed right now. I feel really, this feels great. This feels amazing. And it doesn't always last a super long time. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it's just this burst that happens. Mm -hmm. And then it, and then it, it's not that the, it's not like it's ooh, gone and then I just deflate. It's just kind of like, I coast. Right. No, it, it's, it's fortifying in some way, especially for me, I find ensuring that I'm recognizing the joy. And sometimes, you know, it's a lot about that is mm -hmm. being present enough to recognize that you are experiencing joy mm -hmm. and to see the things around you that inspire joy mm -hmm. rather than just bombing through life and trying to catch up with whatever pursuit we're engaged in. And I, I feel experiencing those moments of joy, even if they feel a little fleeting or, you know, not necessarily like a big package you're going to carry around. It's just a little gift that you can carry around in your pocket and draw on 
mm-hmm. that that makes us more resilient sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm almost fortified to deal with or manage more effectively those things that are frustrating or upsetting or uncomfortable mm-hmm. when I have been basking in joy at mm-hmm. a moment recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you touched on something. Uh... And I, th- I think it'll lead into where I'll go next. Being present, I think that one of the things I've been practicing a very long time is being full of mind. And, and by that, I mean probably in the last practicing it much more wholeheartedly or whole-mindedly uh, for probably the last maybe eight years. And I've gotten much better at it than when I first started because I don't have as many distractions. It's, um, but what it has allowed me to do, which you, you stated, is that, you know, when, we're, when we are being present, we're able to fully observe the observer, as all the wisdom teachers will say, is the goal of enlightenment uh, or being mindful is to observe the observer. The observer is you observing life, but your goal is, it's your physical self observe, observing life, but your true self, your spirit, um, your soul is, your conscious, I should say, is the true observer observing the physical shell of you and to observe without judgment, which can be very difficult at times. And as you said, when you have, when you are able to be more full of mind and present, you have at your fingertips, you're, you're more able to accept and receive these experiences of joy and many emotions. But I think when you receive joy, and allow yourself to receive it because we're all worthy of it. I think, at least for you and I, we uh, we hang on, we ha- we hold it a little closer to us because we love it so much. But we also enjoy experiencing it. We enjoy sharing it with others. And you know, when I um, when I feel joy, as I said, I feel very content, which to me is different different than happiness. Um, So for me, joy is this, as you said, you feel very calm, peaceful, and that's what it is. And it allows me to move forward in that moment without um, reacting, at least. Right. I think that's really well said. And I think, you know, this connection between joy and being present and then, of course, feeling that you deserve that joy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, those things are so intertwined for me because often, you know, the stresses of the world around us, and everyone has them, mm-hmm. you, you know, can slip into feeling, you know, a slight tinge of guilt for joy because there's so much suffering and so much sadness, or there can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one participating in our conversation today feels that they're swamped by those sentiments. And for those people that are able to feel worthy and capable and present and, you know, I hate, I don't love the expression, just roll with it. 
Mm -hmm. However, it's kind of how we have to be in times like these mm -hmm. and making the time and appreciating the things that do make us feel joy and mm -hmm. seeking them out and getting them. I mean, I love this about our birthday month. <laughs> I feel absolutely zero guilt in the month of September for doing all of the things that make me <laughs> feel joy. Like, exactly. Gets to be about me. I can mm -hmm. put away any Virgo guilt that might be dwelling in there and just say, you know what? No, I am going to absolutely line myself up with people and things and places uh, that allow me to feel those things so that I can fill my cup and feel worthy and feel capable mm -hmm. and, and pursue the things that are in that path that mm -hmm. will bring me more joy and allow me to feel the gratitude and allow me you know, to take full advantage of my life, you know, to be in it with eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. When you think of, because uh, we'll come back to our present space, our adult space, uh, but I want to go backwards. When you think about joy as a child, and we were just talking about being present, I think as kids, as and as young children all the way up even into being a teenager, I don't think we think about being present yet. I mean, at least I sure didn't. I didn't know what the heck that, I don't think anybody ever spoke that way to me. <laughs> Said a lot of other things, but not that. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that we were, as kids, we're, we're so much, uh, more available to receive and experience all the emotions, but joy as well. And when I think about my childhood and some of the things that brought me joy, or maybe my earliest memories, I don't have a ton of things that stick in my head from being super little, but the things that brought me joy when I was really young was being all the friends we had in our neighborhood by our neighborhood that meant our block our city block and our backyards faced the alley and the alley was where life happened uh, i don't see that a lot in cities anymore or at least you know in more modern developments they don't people don't turn to their alleys and we did like we just lived in the alley because it was our it was our turf it was where we played kick the can or we played cops and robbers or we climbed apple trees in the yards we weren't supposed to or ripped out rhubarb from somebody's garden that we weren't supposed to and dared you to eat this <laughs> you're like a bit of a bandit <laughs> yeah i was a total kind of bandit we played hot wheels in between people's yards we played ding dong ditch i i think one of my favorite joyous moments i crack up to this day i can't it's such an embarrassing thing that i did but it is really kind of pretty crazy um my best friend at the time who lived across the alley <laughs> it's the dumbest i mean it is really the craziest thing i did but it still cracks me up that i did this there was a set of apartments like a an apartment complex on the other side of the block 
and she and I brought a pair of slippers, just like fuzzy kind of brand new house slippers like your mother would wear. Mm -hmm. And we pretended that we were who knows what language, like what country, we had no idea. Like I couldn't even tell you at the time that what countries <laughs> were around the world. But we started ringing the doorbells and to these people and just talking in this crazy gibberish i i mean just wackatootie whatever <laughs> pretending to pay, like sell these slippers like we wanted to see if people would buy these slippers and we literally went from door to door and people were like i can't understand you we just kept talking in this gibberish you know like you know showing we wanted to make these slippers and i am dying inside uh you know, thinking about what we're doing, thinking, you know, a million things, but I'm like, this is the best thing ever. It's like so daring. And it just, I remember it just really bringing me joy to have a friend with me to do this. And she was my best friend. We did a lot together, we got in a lot of trouble together, but um, when, I, when I tell people about this, particularly my mother, I finally told, I don't know, a couple of years ago, she just kind of looked at me and she's like, are you okay? What, what do you, what do you mean you did? You know, of course my mom's like, why are you telling me this now? <laughs> um, when you think about your childhood and things that brought you joy, maybe your earliest memories of joy, because for me, it's just running rampant through the alley. It always felt free. It was very freeing. Um, what are your, what's your earliest experience of joy? I kind of, I, I feel sad. I can't top that. We, I, you know, I believe we did do the whole Nikki Nikki Nine Door kind of thing. Oh, that, what's that? It's kind of the same thing. It's like when you run up and you ring a doorbell and just run away. Yeah. Ooh, okay. It, great. It's like the most immature, silly thing. I don't know where the name comes from. I hope it's not offensive in any way. You never know. Right. Uh, we were certainly less sensitive to almost everything when you and I were small. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, though, that one memory that resonates with me as 100% joyful was on a Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's probably many children, hopefully, hopefully every child experiences unfettered joy on, on Christmas morning. And I remember my brother and I talking before Christmas. And clearly my mother had overheard our conversation. They were advertising, do you remember, the big wheel? Loved big wheels. Loved big wheel. And all my brother and I, and my brother and I are very close in age. Mm -hmm. So we would, you know, collaborate on certainly any of the trouble we ever got into and certainly shared many similar dreams. And we just wanted big wheel, big wheel, big wheel. <laughs> and I remember that uh, when we came down in the morning and we expected, of course, giant boxes under the Christmas tree that mm -hmm. would have indicated that there might well have been big wheel there. And it was this, so this great gleeful moment of joy was actually um, preceded by a moment of almost disappointment, which probably made the joy taste that much sweeter. Right. And, and sure enough, my father disappears and reappears with these giant big wheel boxes oh, and I all wrapped and perfectly Christmasified. And uh, I literally remember squealing. And that Christmas was only about the big wheel. Like no other gift, no other tradition, nothing else mattered. Those big wheels sparked such deep joy that we literally had to get them out of their boxes immediately. Get dad, I think he had to put the wheels on first. I can't remember 
how that part went. Anyways, clearly that doesn't matter to me because what I do remember is going from Christmas morning under the Christmas tree in the Colton living room, straight out into the courtyard in our pajamas and tore around like crazy people <laughs> on those big wheels for hours. Much I love it. chagrin of our neighbors, I am sure. Our little, uh, little cul-de-sac, if you will, was cobblestone. Mm -hmm. and those plastic wheels no doubt made a crazy sound and we did not care because we were basking in that joy I and even that. now my friend as I tell this story that I can feel like I just I don't know my posture is up my eyes right, are open right, my tone right. of voice I feel has changed <laughs> like, I, exactly. like it's like pretty much everything about that one moment has stayed with me and I am able to draw on it mm -hmm. it's it's one of those early memories yeah yeah, I agree. And, and it's, it, you know, it, I feel like joy and happiness, obviously, were quite linked, you know, for both of us. And joy, to me, fills us up from inside. And the happiness is kind of what you see and what you physically get to do. Right. But that feeling of joy stays with you. Because even after you had to get off the big wheel and put it away, you knew you were going to get back on it the next day. But that the energy of that experience, mm -hmm. I imagine, stayed with you for the next however many hours until you were going to be able to get back on it. Absolutely. And, you know, even as an adult and, and even as a young person, I mean, that is right there. I think you've touched on perhaps one of the most valuable life lessons. In fact, I should write that down right now. <laughs> and that's that, you know, when, when you find something in your world, whether it's a pursuit or perhaps even a thing mm -hmm. or a person or a relationship that brings you joy and and you recognize and create that connection between the joy and that experience or that person seeking it out becomes a really noble pursuit mm -hmm. like do the things that bring you joy because the way it makes you feel like your mm -hmm. vibrational energy changes you mm -hmm you know, you, you, you really resonate an energy that is contagious for everyone around you. And not only does that make it a gift for you, it also makes it a gift for everyone in your presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Did joy for you as you got older, how did it, especially like teenager, early adult years, how did joy change for you knowing that now you were moving into a part of life that life was dramatically, well, I assume it dramatically changed for me. So I imagine every kid, yeah. although I, I think it might be differently, but anyways, you're experiencing, you're growing up, you're maturing, you're, you know, a whole lot of shit's happening to us as just physically happening to us. But oh, yeah. how did you, how did joy change for you or did it? I, I you know, I think, it's a great question. And as I ponder it, I, it does change, you know, as a, as a, the, the smaller or younger we are, I feel we have a, an innocence about us mm -hmm. where, you know, you're not reserved. Like you could burst into joy at any moment and have no concerns at all about what's happening on your face or you start to squeal or will people mm -hmm. think silly mm -hmm. and start to, I should speak for myself. I, think I, you know, I, it was more tempered, mm -hmm. you know, it was uh, a cautious mm -hmm. or, or maybe that's not the right word. I just feel it wasn't as innocent. 
You know, I, I would go after and get things that would fill me with joy or that I thought were going to fill me with joy. Mm -hmm. So I feel maybe it's fair to say that it became a little less spontaneous. Mm -hmm. There's, there's cer certainly many things in my life now that spark spontaneous joy. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I'm blind to that goodness. It's just, I feel I got judgy or started to expect it or, you know, felt that I deserved it or, or had to find ways to get it mm -hmm. as opposed to it just happening all around me and mm -hmm. being present enough to notice it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I agree with all that you said. I, I think I, I grew up uh, in a, with a lot of difficult situations in my household before I left home. And so as I moved out, I think my rebellious uh, space expanded even more than it had being at home. And I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I knew how to experience joy because I was looking for other things for sure. Right. Uh, looking to be seen, looking to, you know, to compare myself to every other Tom, Dick, and Harry and Jane, uh, to, to be like them, you know, because I was still trying to figure out who I was. And it, it took quite a while, I think, for me to get to a space where I really uh, could understand all the emotions that were laid out available to me. Right. I don't think I had really done that. And when that started to happen, and when I realized that, especially in the role as a leader, which I was for so long, I really had to be more aware of all the emotions that are available to you, because obviously not only did I have to model the process of what I wanted others to hopefully do i also had to be able to recognize it in others and and inspire others especially in the classes that i taught and um, all the years and experiences that i created and so i don't think that i really there were bits and spurts of joy for me i think that because i had a lot of armor around me because of the things I experienced growing up. And then as I moved into my adult path, I was not as uh, really didn't trust people enough. And so uh, I had a lot of armor on and with that armor, you can't really fully experience a whole lot of, you can't experience an emotion to its full extent. And when I chose to make a change in terms of what was in front of me and what was coming at me and what I was attracting to me, you know, from the universe, because you know the law of attraction, you attract who you are. And it's, um, and I was tired of what was being attracted to me because obviously that's what I was that's how I was being. I was stressed. I was tense. I was killing myself every day and I didn't want that anymore. I was tired of that pain. And I remember when I had that kind of 
pause where I just said, I'm done. I'm done experiencing pain. I want to understand what it feels like to experience joy. I remember those being the words because I was listening to participating in some 21 day meditation gigs with Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey and joy happened to be one of the topics in there somewhere. And I just remember very much being moved and just saying, I want to experience joy. I want to understand what that really feels like wholeheartedly. I want to feel that. I want to feel joy. I don't want to feel pain anymore. And I remember when it started to show up just because I uh, walk outside a lot uh, where we live and or ride my bike up to uh, our botanic gardens, which is massive. It's a massive piece of property, but it's 12 miles away. So I bike up there and I would feel the, all of a sudden I'd feel like, oh, like something just happened. Like something felt lighter, something felt expansive. And I'm like, it just felt easier all of a sudden, just the whole experience, the whole moment. And I was like, wow, this must be what joy feels like. I feel really good. I feel really content. I feel really at peace. Like I feel really good. And I was like, dang, I need to have more of this. Like, I just want to experience it more. Um, and so that's what I have worked to cultivate for a long, for these last number of years is to work on cultivating that. Um, it's so inspiring. And especially, you know, for those who are fortunate enough to have a lot of joy around them for whatever reason. And, you know, joy comes in so many ways and from and through so many things and people that it is absolutely accessible to the majority, if not everyone with an exception or two, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, that you can really cultivate. And, and you know, our, our theme, and, and you're so right to put it in a wellness context, is that it, like exercise, is incredibly powerful on the human spirit. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we fill our bodies with, with good food and exercise and sleep as much and as well as we can and surround ourselves with people that bring positive energy into our lives and the pursuit of joy and the being present with that joy, I think is as important to our personal wellness than nutrition. Mm -hmm. And it probably also makes food taste better. I mean, there's something about, you know, about that feeling, that warmth or that vibration that you can access when you are feeling joyful that makes so many other things seem even better. Yeah, and I think that I find over my time with, over my years of observing human behavior and kind of studying it and turning around and teaching about it, I feel like, and teaching about well-being, but I feel like people expect joy to be they want joy to be this grandiose kind of thing. You know, when they say something's going to make me happy, I'm going to feel joy. Something will make me feel joyful. Yet for me, joy, as you said, it comes in so many shapes and sizes and forms. Joy can be just something super simple, just sitting 
in your backyard or sitting on your little porch, whatever you have, or just going on a walk or seeing another people who are the animal lovers and, and I am as well. I just, we can't have any where we are. Um, you know, seeing another animal brings people joy, just brightens someone's moment. It is, as we've said a few times, <clears throat> being present enough, being full of mind enough to be able to see it and recognize it because we're so freaking distracted True. with a phone in our hand, a device in our hand, and constantly uh, looking for, we think there's going to be joy. We think that what someone, oh, well, I find this, maybe this isn't for everybody, but again, it's what I've observed enough of. We think that we're going to have joy because somebody else, is, somebody else is doing X, Y, Z, and that's bringing them joy and happiness. Well, if I do that, I'll have joy and happiness. And that could possibly be true. Yet what I find is that people almost attach their self-worth or their level of being or uh, to somebody else's experience. I don't know if I'm articulating it well enough. No, I think that's very interesting and that's, it's quite a remarkable observation. And if, if you'll allow it, I'll give sort of a silly uh, example. Mm -hmm. I uh, have a friend who isn't a fan of birds. So actually finds them a little creepy and I'm sure has some strange tale to tell about something that happened to her um, and a bird when she was small. Mm -hmm. And I wish her nothing but peace and calm around whatever trauma that was. Mm -hmm. However, for me, birds bring me such joy. Mm -hmm. And you and I have had many conversations mm -hmm. about enjoying birds and mm -hmm. having them in our spaces and you were so kind and generous to send me this beautiful book. And as I shared with you, the day that this book arrived, the Blue Jays also arrived in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in my thinking chair in the backyard and looking at this beautiful book, which in and of itself brought me joy, mm -hmm. and looked up and there was this beautiful, healthy, giant Blue Jay. Mm. And I was able to sit and just watch this like majestic creature. I mean, they're so stunning and I love the songs that they sing. And I love that they're seasonal for us here in, in Southern Ontario. And I, I, I mean, I can, I can taste that joy. I can feel what it was like to sit in that moment mm -hmm. and smile and just like love on that bird. Mm -hmm. And then I think of my friend who would have probably gone in the house and thought, oh no, the big birds are here quickly. And it clearly would have not brought her as bit of joy. And so your, your point about finding the things that resonate with us as individuals and personally, and that are heartfelt, that really connect us to a greater purpose. I mean, maybe that's a bit of a stretch. I just especially for me and nature. I mean, you know how much I love it and that, mm -hmm. I, that I make time for it. 
whether it's in the garden or if I'm going on a canoe trip or if I'm up with my mom and we're paddling on the river, mm -hmm. uh, watching the birds and filling the feeders. I mean, those things are my joy mm -hmm. and they might not be someone else's and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a good human certainly would not impose their joy upon others without knowing it would resonate because it might have unfortunate effects. Right. Yeah, for me, uh, well, yeah, we have talked a lot about birds, and I've given you the names of all the birds that come to my porch. I love that about you, and you and I share that joy. One of the other things that brings me joy that you briefly said um, is food, and food for me has always been a very uh, passionate thing. In fact, one of the future, very near future conversations that we'll be having with a friend is around food. And for me, when I cook, because we do a lot of entertaining here, uh, I mean, even pre-COVID pre and we've, you know, had our small circle of friends one at a time, two at a time uh, to our porch. But for me, food is it's such, a, such an important area for people to experience joy. And you know, when I, I think across our culture, or I, again, I'll just speak for the United States here, and knowing that so, well, I mean, I'm an, I, I'm an environmentalist, and so when I speak about food, I, there's so many areas that I, I speak and teach about, and, and one of them is um, being an environmental leader, being a seasonal eater, and so food became so industrialized in the 40s, 30s, 40s, horribly gross 50s, especially and and fast food and processed food. And, you know, believe me, I grew up with plenty of it, but I also grew up with plenty of real food because my mom's family were farmers. So you had the serious meat and potatoes kind of meals, hearty, you know, weigh you down to the couch kind of food. And mm -hmm. all was great. Absolutely. Um, and it certainly gave me my love of food because we had uh, an abundance of it in our house. We had four kids. And, uh, and so when I think about food for me, when I cook, I want people to experience uh, a sensory, I call them a sensory food orgasm in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And by that, I want people to feel joy when they eat the food that I make. And when I make the food, I make sure my energy is very cleared and refocused. Because whatever space I'm in, especially a negative space before I start cooking, that food, that energy goes right into my food. But I'm not going to go here for a long time. But one of the things that I'm find with people in food is that they're they they've lost their sense of taste with food because they're so busy eating all this processed shit or what's the fastest quickest thing to eat and you know you've seen this movement back to sort of seen it to um you know eating whole foods and there's every diet under the sun meal plan that's a whole nother topic not to get me started on, but uh, <laughs> it drives me insane. Um, but what I 
feel that people are don't do enough of is really getting present when they sit down to eat. And I talk about this when I teach gratitude, micro gratitude, in that we're not present enough when we sit down to eat this beautiful bowl or plate of this nutrition and colors and delight and the hard work that a farmer and his team went through to bring you this food, but even just the spices and mixing. And so I'll just give one very specific example that I know brings joy to people when they put it in their mouth that I make. And I make brownies. If, I, if someone to say, Marla, what's your go-to dessert? It would be really well-made, deep, dark, moist, really dark brownies. Yummy. Spicy brownies. And so I make them and they are just that, but they are spiced. So I have a blend of sweet and spicy hot spices in them. And no matter who I give them to. And I will tell people, I'm like, this is not your go to the grocery store, I'm going to get a brownie. Go to your cafe, get a brownie. This is an experience. Marlo brownie. Right. I'm like, so you can't just shove this in your mouth and whip it down. I need you to get present with it. You need to eat it slowly because it's too dense. I mean, it is really dense. And whenever, I always wait when someone's going to eat it. You know, I sit and watch them. They take their first bite. And they just sit there and they close their eyes. And you know that experience because you had it yourself. You close your eyes and you're like, oh my God, right? Oh man, right? That's joy. That's food joy. Because they're present enough to experience the experience I've created for them. That's right. And um, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, food is one that for me, it's a very important area that I want people to very much get present so they can have joy that food joy is important to me well it's amazing that you'd say that i i can i literally can close my eyes and imagine and i have not had one of the marlo brownies and so i would hope that in my near future uh, can i ship that to canada does that get across the border okay sure i can't drive to you for a visit face to face so perhaps it's it's like it's kind of like like the joy train, you know. For me, it's it's baking bread. Mm-hmm. I, I do love to bake bread, and I have made some time for it over the last little while. However, a couple of years ago, I was fairly obsessed, mm. and I would make these beautiful little artesian mini loaves. Mm. And when I made the bread, I did it all by hand, of course. And you know, I would never use a food processor or anything. You always you know, rolled and kneaded it by hand, and then you, it had to rise two or three times, and then you'd hand cut all of the delicious goodies like roasted red peppers and Parmesan and rosemary and mm-hmm. roasted, you know, garlic, all these things would all go in with love. And I literally can remember smiling as I was making this bread mm-hmm. and knowing it was bringing me joy. It's so therapeutic for me, certainly, to knead bread. Mm-hmm. And then to watch it rise and bake it and then for it to come out and be crispy and golden brown and mouth watering. And then to package it up in a little brown paper bag and tie it with string with a little love note. And to be able to share those little loaves with people 
and it would instantly spark joy in them. And one of my colleagues, Helen, who I worked with for, I guess, 13 or 14 years, would savor it and clutch it as if it was the most precious thing. <laughs> yeah. And she loved yeah. it. And it brought her joy. And it brought me joy to be bringing her joy. Mm-hmm. Same as your brownies. Exactly. And, and you know, as we um, start to bring our conversation to a close, not just yet, but soon, when you think about how... Well, two things. Uh, how do we share with those listening and, and those in our life as we you know, leave this call? How do we help individuals uh, become more aware and present so that they can really harness and capture uh, these moments of joy from the smallest little thing, a smile on a child's face to, wow, I just had the most productive day of the week, the month, the year, whatever, to, you know, I just watched my favorite movie or I just spent time with whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we help people really be more present to capture and, and be present enough to receive and see the experience in front of them to know that it's joy being delivered to them. Well, and I think you, you've touched on all of the most important sentiments around helping others find the joy that you and I seek out and find often. And that is to absolutely to be present and to exhibit a spirit of gratitude at all times for the little things even when we're caught up in the big, unusual, often scary or frustrating things, that it is an imperative to make time for gratitude mm-hmm. and to seek out and find those things that bring us joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am a, a very big fan. I, I keep a journal. I, I have for my whole life, as far mm-hmm. as I can remember back. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do every day before I go to sleep actually is to write out my affirmations Mm -hmm. and to identify the things that went really well today Mm -hmm. and the things that brought me joy and to highlight them and note them and somehow recognizing and you know a gratitude journal in in my mind it's certainly not for everyone and i wouldn't expect everyone to uh, engage in that practice however once you start thinking about being grateful, finding gratitude, expressing gratitude, recognizing the joy that you feel from things around you and people and places and food and experiences and accomplishments, then I think it becomes easier. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's like a muscle. And, mm-hmm. and when you're, you exercise it and work it and, and feed it, it grows and strengthens. And I think we can literally help people just own it and say, you deserve this joy. Let's talk about what brings you joy. How will you find those things? How will you appreciate them? How will you recognize and acknowledge and, you know, be grateful for them so that you can find more of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was funny because I'm where I'm taking this call in my office 
I have a an inspiration board in front of me that I put up quite a number of years ago. I haven't changed it in a long time. And I, just, I don't know why it's taken me this long through this whole call to see it. This is a big quote right in front of it in bright colors. It says, find joy in each day. There you go. <laughs> it's like, hello. Yeah. Well, and this um, is it, you know, and I think maybe it might be the first thing that people can do is find a post-it note at the very least and write on that post-it note, find joy, mm -hmm. find joy today. And to mm -hmm. stick that post-it note in your bathroom or on the fridge or your windshield of your car or whatever it is that works for you, just as a little mental trigger to mm -hmm. say, oh yes, today is going to include joy and I am the one responsible for finding it. Yeah, and I don't know if uh, this, what I'm going to share next kind of relates. It just, it did strike me and I thought, huh, I, I think it's worthy of sharing. I had pulled, uh, I have many decks of cards, uh, inspiration cards, healing cards, angel cards, native spirit cards, you name it, I have them. Well, almost, but anyways, uh, I have always used them. And so today I pulled out a deck that had been in a space that I just kind of overlooked and I cleared its energy uh, over it before I shuffled the deck because I haven't used it in a very long time. And so the card that I pulled, uh, it says wander, wander where there is no path. And it says, there's no time like the present to get lost, like quote unquote, get lost. Realize that a path has many expressions, exploring creativity, indulging intuition, pursuing a relationship, choose one and get lost on the pathless path today. And it, it gives you a little booklet of um, description. And this quote or this phrase comes from Chinese philosophy from the Chinese sages Lao Tzu and Chuang Tzu. And it says that um, this may manifest as a form of action that's empty of intention or motivation and that allows events to unfold according to their nature. The Tao abides in non-action, yet nothing is left undone. And uh, it also says to do not seek fame, do not make plans, do not be absorbed by activities. Do not think that you know, be aware of all that is and dwell in the infinite. Be, the, be all that heaven gave you, but act as though you have received nothing. And I, I guess why I brought it into the call today or to someone kind of end our call is that we're so wrapped up in the future what's going to happen. We're we carry the past with us. We dwell on it. We, hang on it and lord knows i'm guilty of both of these things especially in the last six months but these last three years of my path have been very um changing for me and and uh, a lot of uncertainty and uh, a lot of new adventures and stuff and so for me joy has i've had to really let go of my virgo need to control the outcome of everything which is an incredibly difficult thing to do i think you might maybe have experienced it once or twice in your in your life as, maybe. as a miracle <laughs> maybe <laughs> just saying maybe um but that i think i've 
really when I've let, when I have surrendered to the universe, my path to just go, okay, today's going to go as today's going to go. I may have things I need to get done yet when something comes in my path that either requires my attention takes me away from what I'm doing that is as important or perhaps just takes me away from it finding instead of being frustrated around it or irritated that dang it you know I need to get this other stuff done to go okay you know what, if this is what you need me to do, great. I will find joy in it. I'm sure there's something fantastic coming or in this moment that I get to experience. And I think that for me, it's a reminder just to simply to allow our path to wander. Yes, you'll have structure and yes, you have things you get to need to get done, but allow it to wander because I think when we wander more, at least this is my lesson that I'm getting from this card to me, when we allow ourselves to wander that pathless path, joy presents itself in much easier ways for us to see. Agreed. I think that that's really well said. And you know, there's a, you, uh, I don't know, you, you make me think about vulnerability mm-hmm. and, and to be open and flexible and to trust and believe in your path whatever that pathless path becomes, mm-hmm. that there is joy there. And to be curious enough to find it, to notice it, and then to harness it, I think is a, truly a powerful skill. Mm-hmm. Well, Carol, this brings our conversation to an end. I'm sad because I won't get to talk too much longer, but we'll be setting up another chat like we always do, you and I. Um, and I thank you truly for giving me your time today to talk about something that I know is important to both of us and that we try to instill in others. And I hope my wish for anyone listening to this is that uh, joy that you're able to Um, experience joy but that you're able to let your guard down a little bit allow yourself to surrender a little bit allow yourself to be to accept that you are worthy of receiving joy that we all deserve it It is it's what it's what's uh, in the universal design for us and so without further ado I thank you Carol Marlo it's been my total pleasure you I feel joy right now. And, and thank you for uh, this wonderful conversation. I'm, I'm grateful for it. Thank you. So grateful. Appreciate it. And we'll see everyone. We'll, we'll, I'll speak to everyone very soon in the next Marlowe's Conversation with Friends. Be well. Mm-hmm.